What do you think? I think we're dead meat. Real dead meat. You're dead meat! Go ahead and laugh, you guys. If I ever find a little bastard, it's business. Dead Welcome to the Dead Meat Podcast, an extension of the YouTube channel Dead Meat. I'm James. I'm Chelsea, and we're engaged, and we like to get scared together. This week, it's going to be a very metal episode, which you guys know that I, I love. We're kind of constantly, I don't know why it's become a thing to just be on the search for just like more more metal stuff to have on this podcast. Can't get more metal than this. Yeah, we have <laughs> Spencer from Ice Nine Kills here. How are you? I'm doing great. It's so good to be on with you guys, to be on with like-minded horror freaks. So Yeah, we kind of met each other because Twitter just really wanted us to be friends. It was kind of like a, you know... Just people pushing us, like, you know, be friends, <laughs> meet each other. When it, but it, it, it worked out great. I'm so excited to have met you and to be able to ask all kinds of questions about your uh, your music career. Absolutely. I, I agree with you. For, for years now, people have been sort of tagging us in posts together about, oh, man, you guys got to get together with Dead Meat James and Chelsea. And uh, here we are. Yeah. yeah, and in fact, I feel like I think we had a near miss last year because did you guys did Ice Nine play uh, Ice Nine Kills play at the Stanley Hotel last year? We in, did indeed in late October. Uh, I think it was uh, maybe mid November, but yes, in the okay because oh, we were there mid to late October, and I remember uh, I was walking around and I saw a poster advertising that you guys were coming there, and I was like, oh, so close. Yeah. <laughs> so close, but yet so far. That was a really cool experience, though, to, to be in that hotel. Yeah, was that your first time there? That was my first time there, and I was excited enough being you know, a fan of The Shining, but then I showed up after I was sort of Googling about the hotel. I was like, wait a second, Dumb and Dumber was filmed yeah. here. As well, and that even got me a little bit more excited. James, I I made James take a picture of me with the moon landing newspaper. Yeah, did you go to the bar where that that newspaper is? Oh, I went there. We did it. uh, We did it. So so funny because um, from what I understand, that was a an ad lib. Yeah. Right. So how cool is that? That such an iconic line was completely. Just on this on the spot, Jim Carrey. It's it's perfect. Yeah. Uh. Well, cool. And if you're if you're not familiar with Ice Nine Kills, they are. I I'll say metal band, but also I know metal is like what genre is it? What subgenre? That is gets it? into a whole thing, right? No, absolutely. Because we're like we're like casual metal fans. We like the metal aesthetic, but I mean, I definitely couldn't tell you the difference between death metal and grindcore or all the different subgenres. I feel like that's probably how people feel when we talk about horror movies and talk about like slashers and and splatter films. And people are like, "What's the difference?" But right. I know that metal is is yeah very particular like that. No, absolutely. It, it reminds me of in the movie Airheads when they're like, what, 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 so what kind of sound are you rock stars of the future aiming for? And they're like seeing a bunch of things. He's like, it's, it's basically power slot. Yeah, we don't like to limit ourselves to labels. It's weird. I was even trying to kind of put my finger on like what I would categorize it as, but it's like, it's very orchestral, but at the same time, you've got like, you know, some almost... I don't like almost Mastodon style vocals where it's like the really deep, like, you just the surface of the curse of crystal. Rain. 
that's pretty badass. Mastodon is no joke. I, they're not. No, they're not for the faint of heart, which I don't know. Maybe that's why I like them. So I think much. the most metal that like experience that I have or true cred is I went to a Symphony X concert in Ohio in college. I don't know if that counts. The prog metal, you know. That counts for me. Yeah. <laughs> and it also kind of reminded me of, um, I, I, is it night? It's Nightwish, right? Is like the band. Yeah. They're huge. I read like, they're like huge. I, have you listened to Nightwish before? I have not, no. They're, they're, they're like, like, they're a like a polar opposite, which is why metal's so cool. They're like 180 degrees away from like Mastodon where they're just super orchestral and very, it's all very beautiful and kind of clean sounding, but they're still metal. It's so weird how those two sounds can kind of coexist. And I, I see both of those kind of like both ends of that spectrum in Ice Nine Kills. Is that, is that, ring a bell or is that you know yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. that's absolutely fair to say I, I actually saw Nightwish I think they played at this horror convention in Massachusetts that's where I'm from they had a horror convention called Rock and Shock where, where they would have this convention center with all the you know the celebrities and the merchandise and everything and then across the street at a smaller venue they'd have bands play and I think Nightwish was there one year but uh, yeah, I, I consider that, I call it wizard metal because it sounds very <laughs> yeah. practical and like, you know, you assume the guy is casting all sorts of wizardly spells when he's, um, you know, writing his melodies. So Yeah. Do you have a preferred designation for your own music or do you try to avoid any particular labels? Uh, I, I think I, for a while, was calling it theatricor. Like, okay kind of theatrical metalcore. Um, but we definitely have, have so many influences. And, you know, I started the band so long ago, um, you know, got into music through bands like Nirvana. You know, I saw Kurt Cobain and I wanted to play guitar and bleach my hair and grow it long and be Kurt. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, got into punk and got into metal and ska, all through that sort of time uh, time frame when I was, you know, developing my tastes and influences, uh, my parents would take me to musicals like uh, Les Miserables and Phantom of the Opera. And that stuff has stuck with me so much, too, uh, from a lyrical standpoint, from an orchestral standpoint, as you put out. Um, and uh, our sound is really just sort of a melting pot of all of those influences. So it's like we kind of ride the metalcore vehicle but it's it's sort of decked out with all these you know cool um cool gadgets i guess you know? it's so funny right before we were recording i was telling james like i want to ask if he is a fan of musicals because the silver scream album which like each song is about or themed around a, a different horror movie or is it horror movies are there are there also kind of no i'm just looking at the list we got like specific horror movies um because the previous album had was about books yeah and a lot of them were and even books. that like like that too i i could there were songs on there also where i feel like every song on the silver scream could be the first song of a musical about that <laughs> movie well i really appreciate that that's exactly what i was going for yeah and, um yeah and it's so cool when when people uh, notice that, uh, that I'm sort of tipping my hat that our song, It Is The End, uh, for example, which is, of course, about it. You know, the beginning, those melodies are, are straight out of the Les Miserables playbook. Oh, George, yeah, you can trust me, sweet child. Step right this way. I'll make your service with a smile. 
and that's uh, stuff that that's cool to me because uh, it's like, wow, I'm 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 getting a metal fan into Lame Is. I'm not telling them it's Lame Is, but subconsciously they like it. So yeah, it's 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 a lot of because the first song in a musical is usually just the most hype. I mean, it's got to be the thing that gets you into it. It's often like one of the best songs. I think of like Little Shop of Horrors, like Skid mm. Row is such a good song. And I, I wonder if, uh, if people might be surprised to kind of hear like that musical theater would then go on to influence a metal musician. Is that something you, you find is... Uh, not even, you know, beyond just you, is that something you kind of find is a common influence among other metal musicians or rock musicians even? I don't think so. Mm -hmm. I, so from time to time, I hear people uh, are really into musicals and obviously like Tommy's The Who was like kind of a rock opera of sorts. <laughs> James is laughing because we have Tommy is a point of contention in our relationship. The movie's oh, really? fine, I love, but as an I album, I think it's garbage. I love Tommy. I just think it's garbage. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a thing where it's one of the one of the big things we just disagree on. I adore Tommy. Well, I'm glad you mentioned a little shop of horrors. Uh, that's one of my favorite from uh, my youth. Mm -hmm. My mom renting it on VHS for me. The, the dentist song is my favorite in that. Yeah. Oh yeah. That gets stuck in my head every week somehow. So good. <laughs> Yeah. And Steve Martin is just a genius. Um, that whole role is just so badass. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I think maybe it's one of the the ways that that we're able to stand out a little bit um, because I I don't hear too many um, people in our genre talking about that kind of an influence. Although I remember listening to a podcast that um, the band Ghost did, mm -hmm. um, and they're very theatrical. And just listening to that guy speak, I think his name is Tobias. And uh, he was he was describing his usual um, schedule when whenever they tour London, like he has an off day and he'll go to the West End and see a musical. I was like, man, this guy is exactly like me because that's exactly what I do. Anytime we're on tour anywhere near uh, London or the West End, um, that's what I do. I go see Phantom of the Opera or Les Mis. Yeah, I think it's 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 uh, it's really cool to be able to take pop punk and take. Uh, you know, a crushing uh, metal breakdown and sort of trying to fit it into the world of, of storytelling. And uh, it's just, it's such um, a rewarding experience to now be doing it with films. And like, you know, the, our last album was about that. And as soon as we started doing that, I'm like, man, what have I been doing this entire time? This is what my calling is. And like, it's just, it's so fun to work with material, uh, source material that you love, as you guys do, you know, yeah. talking about the films you guys love. Um, and I listened to the uh, arachnophobia one recently. <laughs> so cool. Um, and I, I think anytime you can, you can have your day job uh, be involved with stuff that, that, that is just, you know, that moves you, that is just fun, um, is, is such a, a cool thing to be able to do. So I'm, I'm very grateful that um, our fans, um, have been so open to this sort of new uh, method of, of writing music for, for ink. Yeah, yeah. It seems like it, they've really uh, taken to it because uh, is the silver scream. I don't know by what metric you would want to use, but it ha is it like your biggest, most successful album? That's what, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I know that like when it came out, uh, I was flooded with messages mm -hmm. about it. And to be honest, you know, I wasn't familiar with, uh, 
it is pronounced ink when you when you uh yeah I mean, that's like the acronym we call yeah yeah okay yeah. cool now I can be cool and say uh, I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't familiar with ink when that came out and I was getting all these messages and I was told you know oh it's a metal album with each song about a horror movie and honestly my first thought was like well that sounds kind of cheesy so if anyone's right. listening to it <laughs> is thinking the same thing it's not like you take these these themes but every song is like they're not gimmicky songs they're no. badass songs it's honestly a, a kind of fun thing to do this is what I did the first time I listened to it is don't look at the track titles or don't look at Wikipedia because you know on Wikipedia it'll tell you it's got the list of of inspirations for each song and just listen through and see if you can if you can tell like what movie because it's it's not uh you know like as much as we talk about it, it the kind of inspiration of musicals it's not like we're singing the the title of the movie as our like end of the song kind of like it's a nightmare on elm street thank you thank you <laughs> It plays almost as more homage than anything. It's kind of like inspired by the themes less so than like, okay, how do we recap this whole movie as a song? It's very cool. Well, I appreciate that. And uh, even even so, like when, when people say things are, are cheesy about us, I'm like, I'm kind of like, yeah, I mean. Yeah, <laughs> cheese is good. Love, you know, Silent Night, Deadly Night. That's mm -hmm. part of the reason why I love, you know, certain certain movies. Um, and the, the marketing that went into them and my bloody Valentine, you know, the, the, you know, there's more than one way to lose your heart. Like, yeah, that shit is cheesy, but it's also bad fucking ass. Dude, I, you know, the first few songs on the album uh, are like Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, yeah. Halloween. I'm like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> By the time you're getting to Silent Night, Deadly Night, I'm like, okay, that, this is fucking dope. That like, was the true one blue where fans. when I was listening to it, I was like, listen to the lyrics and I'm like, Wait, he's singing about Santa Claus. There's no way. And I looked it up. It was like, oh my God, it's a Silent Night, Deadly Night song. Like, that's such a random movie to do. And it works so well. I love that. And I love hearing, you know, as you said, you know, we covered the, you know, the uh, the godfathers of the genre, Michael, mm -hmm. Jason, Freddie. But I also <laughs> wanted to throw in there some of the the more uh, niche, like um, lesser known films, but by slasher standards, classics. So it's 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 really cool when people tell me they they discovered Garbage Day because girls, yeah. um, it uh, it helps me sleep at night. I also love, I love the Thriller cover on here. I didn't know there was a Thriller cover on the extended uh, version of the album. I was listening to it and it started. And I, when I realized it was a Thriller cover, I was like, oh shit, that's so ballsy. That's so ballsy. That's like a, that's such a, that's a song. That's like covering, uh, I'm trying to think of, I don't know. Like Freebird or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just, but it's great. I think it's such a cool cover. Most people I think would be, a little wary of trying to just go for that one because it's so, you know, I mean, it's Thriller. That's like the most successful. Is it the most successful like single song? That album, I think, is one of the. Thriller is up. It's like I that is and like Eagles 
greatest hits. I think Thriller <laughs> became number one after Michael Jackson's death. Like it was, oh, it was in the top wait, five, wait. maybe, and then shot up to number one. So last I checked, it was number one. I don't know if it's that still makes is. sense. Yeah, it definitely uh, was a you know a risky move. Anytime you uh, start covering something that's so iconic. Do a song about American Werewolf in London, um, which is great. And you wanted to ask about the featuring vocals on that too. Oh yeah, because it's Chelsea Talmadge who's in, uh, or Talmadge, I'm not sure how it's pronounced, but uh, she was in Stranger Things and Doctor Sleep recently. And I was just curious. Uh, I didn't get a chance to re-listen to that song, so I, I, I wasn't. Is it vocals? Is she uh, also yes. singer? She is a great singer, and uh, the way I met her was kind of a, just a funny coincidence. My uh, girlfriend happened to be friends with her, and uh, you know we knew she was sort of a, a working actress. And um, you know, Stranger Things obviously blew up and was such a cool show and such sort of a retro piece. Um, so I really admired that. And she came and visited us in LA. And we were out, you know, on the strip one night. I think we were at that like saddle ranch place. Mm-hmm. And there was karaoke there. And she got up and she sang uh, an Alanis Morissette song. And I was just like, oh, nice. Bored. I was like, oh my God, you have an incredible voice. Because, you know, a lot of these times you, you don't think about it, but, you know, actors, multi talented. Mm-hmm. And um, I just, I, I knew that, man, we got to get her on a song. Uh, plus such a cool connection um, to the horror world that she's in in this very popular show. And uh, it, it worked out. It worked out great. And uh, so lucky to have her be a part of it. And then she was also in um, Dr. Sleep. Yeah, that's right. One of my favorites. Yeah. Who is she in Stranger Things and who is she in Dr. Sleep? Just so uh, we... In Stranger Things, she is one of uh, Joe Keery's shitty friends uh-huh. who is just like a big old bully. And he eventually is like screw you guys. You're not my friends anymore. And then Dr. Sleep, she is Dan's, um, uh, in the, when he's first introduced, he wakes up in her bed and then he leaves her and her baby to OD and die. And she kind of haunts him later. Yeah. Yeah. And, and she was fantastic. And we sent her the tracks and, and she killed it. And it was, uh, it was such a cool thing on, on that last album to be able to get so many people involved um, and so many people from some of my favorite bands uh, going back to the roots of, of ink. You know, we were a punk ska band when I yeah. started it in high school, uh, listening to Goldfinger and real big fish and less than Jake. And when we were doing the song about uh, it, I, I just I was like, man, this has like that, that punk rock, like Southern California kind of, I can hear horns in it. Cause it's it, got the horns mm-hmm. in it. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I just kind of blurted out, man, wouldn't it be so cool if Less Than Jake would play on this? And I, and everyone's like, yeah, you're not going to get Less Than Jake. And, you know, <laughs> I emailed them and they had rem- remembered us from Warp Tour and they had liked us because we were, you know, very friendly, especially to bands who were like, you know, we idolized. We definitely made a point to be like, we love Less Than Jake. And they did it. And they did such a cool job. I love that song. I think it's so cool. And is that them in the music video, too? It is, and we tried to to uh, to make it happen so they would be in it. We were going to fly them out from Florida, but um, no, it was not. Because because uh, the horns in that music video are Captain Spaulding, right? 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, he, I think he's kind of Captain Spaulding, almost uh, a little Terrifier, a little Arthur. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. A little bit of Terrifier. And yeah, because I love how it's it's Pennywise and the band of Georgies with backing horns of uh, these evil clowns. <laughs> it's great. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> we just tried to have fun with it. You know, that particular video we filmed at an amusement park in New England off season. So it was pretty creepy to be there, uh, which just sort of added to the... Uh, the uh, sinister aura of everything. What theme park was it? I'm a theme park nerd. I like, I'm so, so curious. This was, um, let me think of it. It's in New Hampshire, Canopy Lake, Canopy Lake Park. Canopy That's Lake, like okay. the place you go. If you're from New England, like, you know, senior trip in high school, everyone goes to Canopy Lake. It's like that kind of uh, theme park. And in, in October, they converted to a screen park. Um, and it was it was just really cool to, to to film it there at a place that had such history with me from my childhood. And, and we've mm-hmm. done other videos like that. We did a video uh, about Carrie called Hell in the Hallways, and that was filmed at, you know, the local high school that I grew up at. Um, but, uh, you know, being a horror fan like you guys, I'm, I'm always so obsessed with film locations from my favorite movies. So um, I make a, a huge point of uh, going to as many as, those locations I can when I'm on tour, like when I'm in Salt Lake, for instance, I'm always leaving the venue. Spencer, where are you going? I'm going to the uh, Curse of Michael Myers house. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of stuff I love doing. Oh, from from the original Halloween? No, no. Halloween six. <laughs> uh, part six. Uh, yeah, uh, Cult of Thorn. Oh man. Yeah. Like I, I was saying, is looking at this this album, you get up to you know the song with uh, Chelsea Talmadge, the. American Werewolf song. Okay, so you've got a John Landis movie. Okay, it's a horror music album. Yeah, we're all right. We're gonna do thriller. And it just, you know, it just seems almost like you had to. It's like if you're getting that far, you might as well go all the way with it. No, absolutely. And and um, the story behind that cover uh, on our last album was the first time we ever got really any radio airplay. Mm-hmm. And um, Serious radio, specifically the channel Octane. Yep. Yep. I was gonna say we yeah, we got that on our favorites list. Best <laughs> people, the guy Vinny over there, um, and the guy, you know, Jose, they really took to the silver screen because they're horror fans. So they're like, we're gonna play the shit out of this. And I tell you, I you know, when we were making that album, like people like a record label, like well, yeah, well, you, you do some radio singles and these other songs are not going to be played on the radio. They play every song off that album, yes. no matter how heavy it is, no matter the profanity. And it was just kind of a cool, like, wow, I guess I guess they get it. And uh, we went in to do an acoustic performance around the time the album came out. And Vinny requested specifically, you know, it'd be so cool if you guys did a, a Thriller cover acoustically. So I was like, man, what can I do? Um, I love Thriller, grew up, you know, renting that video and the behind the scenes, mm-hmm. the makeup. Um, Rick Baker, I think, did the special mm-hmm. effects on there. And uh, I was like, how do we make this sound like ink? So I kind of took the lyrics, but but changed the chord progression to make it a little bit more like Ice Nine Kills. And uh, I was I was really stoked with how it came out. And uh, with covers, you know, we never take things too seriously. It's just... Uh, about having fun and not just simply regurgitating what the other one was, because it's like, it's like a re it's like a good remake. You know, what, what's the point of just doing it? Um, and I know that's a point of contention. We, you know, you talk about the, the newer psycho. Uh-huh. 
best movie of all time. If you ever do a tribute to the new Psycho, I will I will learn how to play instruments and sing, to be honest. Well, we might have something up our sleeve. <laughs> Perfect. I, I, want, I want the lyrics to include, but not Anthony Hopkins, not- Vince Vaughn. Norman Bates. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll make sure to get that in some. <laughs> she did it all for you and was decapitated. Jason's mom has got it going on. Yeah, speaking of uh, covers that you have fun with, I right before we started filming, I was listening to the Stacy's mom cover that you did, like <laughs> Jason's mom, and big fan, big fan. <laughs> Thank you so much. That that was so funny because that was like the first thing that I did creatively in quarantine because, you know, we, you know, it was, we were on tour in Europe in March with Papa Roach did this awesome tour. That's the coolest thing ever, by the way, I was going to ask you about Papa Roach. So I'll, that'll be my follow-up to this is I want to hear <laughs> they all are about the it. coolest guys. That's the singer so Jacoby is the nicest guy you'll ever meet. Oh, so man. down to earth, just wants to shoot the shit with everybody. We're working on something else with him, which I can't yes. talk about. But you're gonna you're gonna flip out. When Amazing! You I was listening to the Papa Roach stuff last night, and I was having a great time. I own the CD with <laughs> yeah. uh, Last Resort for sure. It's they're just so good, and they're so still so big. I mean, some of the shows over there, ten thousand people. I mean, nice. insane. And um, they were super nice to us. And anyway, so Corona hit. And, uh, you know, my dad's, you know, calling me on the phone, like, Spencer, I don't think this tour is going to finish. Like, you guys got to get out. I'm like, yeah, sure, dad. I'm sure there's going to be a pandemic sweeping the world. (laughs) Needless to say, a week later, uh, we get off the stage somewhere in Germany and our tour manager's like, oh, rest of the tour is canceled. We're getting on on a plane tomorrow morning, drove through the night. You know, we hear, you know, Trump's travel ban is, is, is being aired while yeah, we're oh my god oh god before masks we get to the airport we think it's going to be a madhouse i've got my you know, like a scarf covering my face luckily we beat the huge rush by like i want to say maybe six or seven hours so airport was dead we got back into town um and after a few weeks i'm like thinking you know, what can we do and uh for some reason i've always loved um fountains of wayne and that song and uh man wouldn't it be so funny if we did it about, you know, Jason, Jason's mom. And then I realized, oh my God, in a couple months, it's Mother's Day. It's like mm-hmm. timing. And uh, we just had a lot of fun with it and made sure to get in uh, the reference about, um, you know, Norman Bates in there too. Yeah, I yep. love that one line in there. <laughs> you talked about being in, in Germany and, and touring and stuff. I'm so curious, like, you know, we, we kind of get an idea of wh- at least where our international fans are from or, you know, cause we can look at our, our YouTube stats and it tells us where people are listening from, but actually having been to these other places, I'm so curious, like what fandom of, of metal and horror is like over there? Cause I know it's, horror movies in particular, you know, they were, they kind of, they were born in the U S but there is a lot of international horror. And I, I just wonder how different that kind of fandom looks in, in these other countries and how, I don't know if it's a different vibe or if it's similar to here. Or... No, absolutely. You know, um, the first couple of times we went overseas, uh, we didn't, you know, have too much of a huge following over there yet. So it was kind of like, Oh, you know, playing some small shows, but um, fall 2019, um, which was, um, I think, the second to last time we were overseas, it was like our first real headliner over there. 
and uh, you know, with decent sized venues and we didn't know what to expect. We weren't bringing out, there weren't any opening bands except for a few locals on each date, but the tour turned out to be like a real one to remember. Probably one of my greatest memories of playing because we're over, over there and there's, you know, 500 to 1500 kids coming to see us. And um, the, the horror vibe was strong amongst them. People came just like over here, dressed as their favorite horror characters, bringing their little kid dressed as Georgie. Uh-huh. You know, when you see those kind of things, you think, oh, you know, that's cute that the parents are kind of using their little kid as like sort of like an accessory, like a little horror accessory. But the kids there on his father's shoulders singing the words. Yep. Yeah. Seems like you guys too have, you know, the the vibe I get from from you as a band and your fans is one where even though it's like the subject, I mean, it's metal, it's we're doing, you know, an album on horror movies, the one before, I mean, the one before is books, but there's a lot of horror books in that too. I love the Jekyll and Hyde song. That was my favorite one. Um, but like, I, I get the the sense that, you know, you guys have a really nice community and really kind fans and you're the way you interact with fans is, and I, I just, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about that experience too because people are often surprised when we say that oh no our fans are really kind and we try and, and foster this environment where we're all like really chill with each other and um I, I get the same sense uh from you too absolutely our fans are so kind and so savvy and um we're, we're really lucky to have that because i i do see some bands I see toxic fan bases among mm-hmm. fans, especially when it's like a, a cult kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's really evident for me that our fans are so so the opposite of that. We we have a an app called the Psychos Only app, which is like <laughs> Instagram kind of like it's like our own world. And uh, there's um, you know a, a community page where people like kind of like Reddit post their you know pictures of um, their rare ink merchandise, Ice Nine Killectors, they call themselves, <laughs> and um, just other kind of horror memes. And, and just you see you see the support of each other in that community. You know, even some people post, you know, I'm having a rough day, but I've got, I've got Michael Myers here to keep me company. <laughs> and, um, you know, I don't see any fighting in, in, on those message boards. And it just seems like at the end of the day, uh, people want an escape. And um, it's, you know, horror movies and, and metal music and heavy music or any kind of great music was always an escape for me. So the fact that, that we can help uh, people find that kind of escape for themselves and, and um, feel like they belong to a club um, it is, is really cool. And um, it's, it's always really special to see, um, you know, we're up there and we're singing about brutality, you know, decapitating people. And the smiles are ear to ear. Hey, want to talk to you about our sponsor this week, BetterHelp. It's 2021. Let's talk about our mental health. So I really love BetterHelp. I've actually been using it since before we started doing the reads for them. It's a service I genuinely love and find useful. I have a great therapist through them. After having a really hard time finding a, a therapist to talk to remotely while we've all been kind of isolated this whole year. And BetterHelp can be whatever you want or need it to be. 
I personally think it's best used as a way to just kind of check in with someone once a week or so. It's more of a, a maintenance thing, just kind of a good habit to have. So if you want to try BetterHelp and maybe start checking in with someone once a week, getting into the habit of talking about your mental health with someone, you can go to betterhelp.com slash deadmeat and deadmeat listeners get 10% off their first month. Once again, that's 10% off your first month at BetterHelp, better H-E-L-P.com slash deadmeat. Are yeah. there other bands that you are a fan of that you would also consider that kind of like horror where it's like, that you, you know, you just, we maybe associate them with horror kind of. Absolutely. You know, growing up in Massachusetts um, and then seeing, you know, Rob Zombie's rise to prominence. Yes. And, uh, you know, I was a big white zombie fan and I was into this music far younger than I should have been mm-hmm. going to Newberry comics, which was like the cool record store t-shirt store on Newberry street in Boston to get everything. And I still have the white zombie shirt that I bought when I was like seven. <laughs> it fits me now is the only difference it's like down to my knees. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, that's just such a perfect example of someone who, um, had such a, a great and clear and interesting vision um, and was involved in, 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 in the music side of the industry and then, and then helped use that to really foster um, his love of film. And I think, you know, I'm a huge fan of, um, of that guy. And I think he's the coolest and um, yeah, inspired to be something like that and to, to have, um, you know, longevity. And uh, again, you know, just, just providing that escapism, which he does, he did so well with the, with the songs and now with, with his films. And he's really built a whole world where it's like, if you say Rob Zombie, you know exactly what you're in for. Exactly. And his aesthetic is so defined and pronounced that uh, in, what was it, 2019, Universal in Orlando had just the Rob, Rob Zombie Z- section of Halloween Horror I, I liked that section of the park. It was cool. Yeah. Like, it wasn't even just a specific movie. It was just like, no, it's Rob. You get it. Yeah, I was a little young for White Zombie, but Dragula was another CD that I bought. And yeah, again, I was too young. I was probably, what, eight or nine when that music yeah. was out and bought that. Yeah. And, and and also, I, I was going to ask, like, you know, when we were young and, you know, checking that kind of stuff out, if, if people are listening now who are maybe a bit younger, uh, maybe in their teens or so, I, I don't know if people realize now that back when we were younger and and earlier I think we were on kind of like the tail end of this like it was um there was so much more of a stigma attached to listening to any kind of music that had content like the stuff that you know you guys make or that were fan where it's like horror themed or violent or you know they're like satanic panic was real and we weren't I think we would have been too young to be like smack dab in the middle of that but you know coming out of it because we all we grew up in the 90s I think you're around our age ish uh but you know growing up in the 90s it's still like coming out of that it wasn't um as uh I, I feel like you couldn't as openly be a fan of this kind of stuff and if you were you were probably openly also maybe a goth kid or you were you were like fine I'm gonna own this then if you think I'm uh, a total sicko then I'm gonna just be that you know 100 percent, and I, I think you know the, the stigma has become a little bit relaxed mm-hmm. I think that 
the box offices and, and then those really mainstream films like, you know, it doing insane business and becoming more part of pop culture rather than just exclusively counterculture. And um, man, it's so good to see, you know, anytime a slasher film is at the, is number one at the box office, like even with Freaky, I, t I told uh, um, my friend who, who was involved in that film, I sleep a lot better at night when, when there's a slasher at number <laughs> one. But no, totally, absolutely. Uh, I think it's a lot more accepted now. It is so funny whenever we do run into more of that 80s kind of Reagan thinking. I was going to ask if you ever have, if you've dealt with that or if that's something you've. I would say the funniest example of that was a couple of years ago, we were, uh, we were about to embark on a tour uh, with this band falling in reverse. And I got a call from my booking agent uh, a couple of weeks before. And they're like, well, um, there's good news and bad news. Uh, good news is you're going to have an extra day off uh, in Orlando. Bad news is the Disney owned house of blues in Orlando <gasps> is forbidding ice nine kills to play because of your violent imagery. Oh, that actually happened. Wow. First I was upset, but then I was like, this is, Fucking hilarious. <laughs> so um, rather than kind of like cry and moan about her and, and make some sort of comment about, oh, this is, you know, against freedom of speech, we just made a really funny merchandise line poking fun at the whole controversy. So we did like, you know, um, Donald Duck is Georgie and we did one. I want it. <laughs> like, oh my God, I want all of that merch. Did, um, you know, uh, Mickey as Freddy Krueger, um, a place where screams come true, I think it said. Yes. Nice. Oh, that's so good. So it was, it, and it ended up, you know, rele releasing that line and sort of airing what had happened. We got all this like publicity from it and people thought it was really funny. So, and that was just a few years ago. Yeah. Just a couple wow. of years ago. I honestly, yeah. First off, congrats. I think getting banned from a venue because your content is too offensive or violent or whatnot is like a badge of honor that should be worn with pride. Like as you know, as someone who covers horror, I love getting to meet people who are involved with movies that like make parents uh, scared that that it's going to ruin their children. I'm like, that's amazing. Congratulations. Yeah. When we, when we met the guy who played the Santa Claus killer in Silent Night, Deadly <laughs> so, Night yeah, that's what I was said. Like, I was like, sir, it's an honor to meet someone who had the PTA just protesting so scared. Movie, and yeah. he, he was like, I've never thought of it like that, but that's great. Yeah. He was really that's nice. awesome. Was he a nice guy? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. He was sure. super, he was super we met nice. him and garbage day himself, <laughs> yeah. Eric Freeman. And yeah. <laughs> oh man. But uh, I, I, yeah. The stuff I love, you know, living in Los Angeles, you know, outside of a pandemic, mm -hmm. I was able to go to uh, the new Bev, you know, Tarantino's theater uh, uh -huh. and see Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. And then after the movie, Eric Freeman, Garbage Day himself was there <laughs> and did a whole Q&A and man. That's that's why I love living in LA. I I yeah, like it, it is so expensive to live here, and it can be the biggest pain in the butt. Is a city that doesn't know what it is. <laughs> it just <laughs> it is just a mess of streets and houses. But God, I love it. It is so weird here, and all the weirdos live here, and it's great. Um, but yeah, and also just the fact that you were banned by Disney. Yeah. That's amazing. Hell yeah. Right? That's the big one. <laughs> like That's the touchstone of like, you know, innocence and uh, it was it was it was it was uh, a real honor. Oh my god. <laughs> and it, it it's crazy because I I think Disney it's 
you know, I think now they really are conscious of their their image as being, you know, for the whole family. And I think they're so much like I think they tamped down so much harder on that kind of stuff than they did before they were such a big company. I think they're just extra careful now. Uh, I know that the, this experience is true for me and for many fans like we were talking about our fans at conventions and stuff. But, uh, you know, a lot of people do get into horror movies at a very young age. Uh, when did you become a fan? Which, like, in case anyone's not watching the video, it, it's clear you are a <laughs> true blue fan. You got a, a Michael Myers poster on your wall. I'm not sure what the, the one behind that is, but... And even just, a lot of stuff here. Yeah, and even just watching those music videos for the uh, Silver Scream songs is it, like I just love all the little references and 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 I I like that you got to dress as you were Freddy right in the American Nightmare yeah song? and yeah. then clearly Pennywise and like you got to dress as all those characters I bet that was a like a lot of fun dream come true for <laughs> me you know it's like I get to trick or treat when I'm in my thirties <laughs> and. Um, and, and thank you for pointing that out. You know, I'm, I'm so stoked when people get the little references too, because I, I, I try to litter, litter that stuff everywhere. And sometimes they go on unnoticed sometimes, like, you know, our song about Michael, uh, Michael Myers stabbing in the dark, like right before the chorus, we, you know, I, I sing the Mr. Sandman thing. Yes. Uh-huh. I try to litter that kind of stuff in. And, or like your crazy Ralph quotes that you throw yes. in there. Yes. They're I- all doomed. Yeah. <laughs> And a funny thing about that, when we were um, auditioning guitarists a few years back, um, this guy, Dan Sugarman, hit me up. And he's an amazing guitarist. And I'd heard of him and uh, he was great. And I was deciding. But to me, the, 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 the um, straw that broke the camel's back in terms of him getting the um, part is that his uncle, Stu Charno, was in Friday the 13th Part 2. Oh, he, uh, Stu Charno, is he the goofy guy who survives? Yes. Yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's yeah. a random character who is introduced and you're like, oh, that guy's gonna die. And then he fucks off to a bar and never comes back to the camp and randomly survives. That's his uncle. That's, That's so funny. Yes. <laughs> like, you are in, man. I don't even know if, I don't care if you could play guitar. <laughs> But um, yeah, that guy and that guy um, was was like a staple in 80s movies. You know, he was in Once Bitten, you know, the first Jim Carrey one. He was in uh, the comedy Just One of the Guys, which is another one I love. He was always like, we need a nerdy sort of weird looking guy. Call up Stu Charney. Isn't he in Christine, I think? Yes. Yeah, he gets killed oh, by Christine. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Just blown which up I mean, gas. you know, Stephen King and John Carpenter coming into one. I yeah. Know. So my earliest memory... Of, of getting into horror, uh, I would go with my mom to the grocery store. Um, I, I grew up on the North shore of Massachusetts in a town called Swampscott and the surrounding town, Salem, which of course has its own sinister history. Mm-hmm. And in this particular uh, stop and shop, there was a video store within the supermarket. And so when my mom would do her shopping, I would go and kill time in the, in the video store. And for whatever reason, that aisle that said horror, it drew me in, man. Uh, the, the the artwork on the VHS covers, you know, seeing seeing that, you know, the Halloween one with the pumpkin and the knife and Friday the 13th and Sleepaway Camp uh, and, and a Creep Show. I just wanted this. I, it, it chose me almost. I don't know. 
And I, I begged my parents to let me see uh, Halloween. That was the first one I ever saw. My parents were very cool parents. And when I wanted to see Halloween, they said, you know, we saw that at a double feature. We were going to see Invasion of the Body Snatchers. And there was a little movie called Halloween that played before it. And at the time, as you guys know, there was nothing like that. And mm. they were scared shitless. So that Invasion of the Body Snatchers seemed like, you know, an episode of, uh, I don't know, some, you know, little house in the prairie. <laughs> and um, so they let me see Halloween. And I was, I, you know, from there, all the Halloweens, I would rent them and see all the Friday 13ths. Whenever I would go on vacation in Florida, my cousin and I made a ritual out of going to Blockbuster every night to rent a different splatter film. Um, and uh, I just became obsessed with it. Um, and I dressed like Michael Myers, not just on Halloween night, but like all throughout October was Mike's around. <laughs> I remember, you know, you know, not a very tall guy. So I remember like even taking a pair of my mom's heels, <laughs> black duct taping around so that you couldn't see that. Oh my God. That's smart. That's amazing. Michael Myers and high heels, not a bad look anyway. <laughs> yeah, I like it. But so I was obsessed with it. And then, you know, the, the other thing that like cemented it, like in my heart is like, this is for me, like, holy shit, was when I saw Scream in the theater. Yeah. I was 11. And I, I as I said, I was already a huge fan of those franchises. Michael Myers, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street. So I had heard the buzz was going around on the beach because I was in Florida at the time in December 96 that Scream is supposed to be scarier than Halloween or, or scare, as scary as Halloween is what people were saying. And I'd seen the previews and I was like, we're going. And so 11 year old me was in that theater. And as soon as the killer started talking about Michael and Jason, I was just like, this is going to be my favorite <laughs> Yeah. Of all time. Not only is this scary as hell, they're talking about the characters I love. So, you know, from there, you know, my obsession just grew. I had to find the scream mask. I couldn't find the mask. Imagine a time, you know, in this world where that mask wasn't readily available. And after the film came out, uh, it, wa it wasn't not until at least October rolled around mm -hmm. in seven. But um, yeah, man, I think my parents thought I would grow out of it. And, you know, 25 <laughs> years <ago. laughs> talking about uh, that kind of stuff so yeah would you say halloween and scream are your two favorites or are there other ones that you would I mean, that's a hard question we get asked it all the time and it's impossible such a hard question um you know michael myers opened the door for me um the entire friday the 13th franchise i'm absolutely obsessed with too the first screen uh you know american psycho like mm -hmm. uh, deadly night there's there's so many that that sort of run um through my mind in terms of my favorites. Um, but uh, it's, it's hard to just pick one. Um, but it's, the reason I think I love Scream so much is that it encompassed all of those things that I loved about those other franchises, not only homage them, but also poke fun in such like a loving way, not like making fun of it, but like, you know, we're having a good time. Um, and uh, one of the coolest moments in my life, which sounds crazy, but it was, was being able to go to uh, Stu's house from Scream. Oh. 
So that, I went to that. That big ass Jay, house. I was going to say, that, we always talk about how that house is like, that's a dream house. I would love so to cool. go to that house. It was uh, incredible. And, and you guys would flip out because it's like, you know, I've been to other movie locations and it's like always like, oh, this is kind of bigger. This is kind of smaller. Or this isn't really set out how I thought. It is the movie. Oh. Movie, man. Like everything looks basically the same. The whole house is laid out just as you think it would. The garage attached to the kitchen. And um, we actually, we um, became a part of the convention. I reached out to the convention um, owners when it was being put together. And like, we ended up um, raising money for it as well. Like we, we performed an acoustic set in the garage. Oh man. That's so cool. Oh my God. Playing a set in that garage. That's so like the, the nineties feelings that that just gave me were like, oh, was that just a few years ago? Just a couple years ago. We like, got invited to that. I think we did, we did. And then, but I think it was early enough in Dead Meat's uh, career or creation that like we didn't really have the funds or time to go to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So we just had to pass. And like, I wish that we had just made it happen because especially now, knowing that you were there <laughs> yeah. and performed. Twisted that buck knife. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it was absolutely insane. And I, I hope that it happens again. It, it was funny because we we became really good friends with the property owners. And like, you think it's a once in a life experience, uh, but we ended up having like an off day, like six months later on another tour. And we're like, can we come by? Like, yeah, come and hang out at the house again. So we went twice. Oh That's man. That's so cool. And there, you know, the little things about it, obviously seeing like, you know, the kitchen and, and everything set up just like you think in the movie. But like, to me, like the little things stuck out, like when I was in the garage, and I was looking at, cause I was looking at the film on my phone just to compare mm -hmm. things like seeing this like little yellow sticker that was like the garage company that was in the movie that you see on the garage, just a little yellow sticker, And it was right there. Yeah. That kind of stuff. It's Part of me was like, thinking, I kind of want to take that. Much <laughs> right, like they don't need this. <laughs> but I was like, no, that sticker's staying there. Yeah. And stuff like that, that show, like it just drives home how yeah, real it is. Yeah. It's weird how little things, cause like we've been to a few uh, horror locations as well. And it's, yeah, it's those little details that really make you like it just drives home that like oh my god this is where they filmed this like we went to the texas chainsaw massacre house which is my favorite horror movie and i mean being in the house and you walk in the front door and the layouts the sit you can see you know they got the stairs on the right and you can tell like okay leatherface would have popped out back here and they showed me like if you look on the floor you can see on the wood that there's kind of like a line worn into the floor and you can tell where in the movie they constructed that sliding door that Leatherface slides open. Yeah. And that was like that little thing, just seeing how where that used to be on the floor was the thing that really got me. I yeah. was so excited. It's the, those little things, those little details that you're like, man, maybe I only noticed that, but it, it, it really means a lot to me. Um, and isn't that, isn't that house like a, a barbecue restaurant? It is. Yeah. It Cause is. when I was like laying on the floor, taking pictures of where that door was, there was a waiter who walked by and was like, um, excuse me, ma'am. <laughs> so it, it is so funny when, when you, when you go to those locations, you think, ah, oh, some mean guy going to be running the house that Texas Chainsaw is filming, but he's like a sweetheart, I'm assuming. Yeah. <laughs> I think one of the only ones I've heard is a bit iffy is the one I think it's the Myers house is now a chiropractor's office 
So just, you know, once where there's still a business that our business says you can't just walk into like a restaurant, just be a little careful if you're listening. And you that want to and I think <laughs> the house from the Texas Chainsaw remake, like the, the house oh, that's in the middle of nowhere oh, with like yeah. the pillars on the front oh, porch. Wow. Yeah, I've heard that that is like behind a fence and a, a sign that's something like we'll shoot intruders or something like that. Like, <laughs> yeah. like you do not do want to trespass on that property. First, Don't but... mess with them. Yeah. yeah. For the movie, yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Most most people are, are super nice. You know, they know what they've... <laughs> like. I feel like that's something you learn about a property before you move in, but, you know. Um, well, the, the funniest story I have uh, in terms of those kind of uh, property locations being uh, crazy is that the camp where they filmed the original... Friday the 13th uh-huh. in Blairstown, New Jersey. And uh, they've got signs on every tree. We prosecute, we prosecute, we prosecute. It's a Boy Scout camp. Yeah. yeah. At some point, Hatch some scheme to call up and say I was like a Boy Scout leader. Or something <laughs> like that. I looked up the lingo. Guy, he was not buying it. Yeah. So um, my girlfriend and I just kind of waited outside the camp until the person, the only person who was there left because we called the, you know, and hung up and uh, we, we, uh, we, we went right in. Oh my God. It was like a rush because no, not, not only, you know, are we on somewhere we're not, you know, that Jason was supposed to, you know, be birthed at, but uh, <laughs> or you're doing something illegal. So it added to the, uh, the uh, exhilaration. It's, it's so funny. I was just joking online that the podcast is, since it's smaller, it's the thing on the channel where we tell everyone that doing crime is fun and cool and you should do it. <laughs> so just don't get caught and don't blame us if you do get caught. Uh, by the way, that camp, uh, if you, I don't know if they still have an eBay page, but that that camp has an eBay page and they sell because uh, they have been doing renovation projects over the years. So they they deconstructed the dock, which is like that features prominently in the first one. And they sold uh, like bits of it that are like this big, you know, on, on eBay and the all the benefits, you know, went to the, the camp. And so we have a piece of the dock from the first one. It wasn't even that expensive. So if you they sell they'll you you can buy vials of Crystal Lake water on eBay. So if you want a piece of that and don't feel like maybe getting arrested or shot, uh, check <laughs> look out for that eBay page. I forget what the camp is called. That is so cool. You got to make like a cutting board out of it or something. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, yeah. that'd be awesome. <laughs> Very splintery meat. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I you know I, I hold that film very uh, near and dear to my heart, and uh, it's also just such a a, a cool film. In terms of like, you know, everyone says that, you know, it just blatantly ripped off Halloween, which, you know, Sean Cunningham, Victor Miller admit. And yeah, but it was uh, it was cool that it was a whodunit. Mm -hmm. That was a really nice um, sort of addition to, to that to that genre. So I, I really love that film. And, and another thing that was so cool in terms of uh, us getting people to perform on our songs is that when we do. Um, we did a re-release of the album with some acoustic versions of the songs. And one was uh, the Friday 13th one, uh, Thank God It's Friday. And we got Ari Lehman, uh, who played the original mm -hmm. Jason. The original Swamp Boy Jason. For me, you know, we got Jason on the song. Like, uh, it was, it was uh, 
quite quite a moment and he looks such a nice like guy. he should be in a metal band yeah you know? that guy's like, yeah. he just has such a look you know yeah i love how friday the 13th you're right yeah it is a whodunit and i i've never well, thought okay it. let's it's the flimsiest whodunit but it's a cool the, twist. the culprit doesn't show up until the very end and mm. you're like what the fuck it's kind but of but it is yeah. a great reveal it, it is, is no yeah. for sure when she goes oh how young how pretty and then it's just like oh my god this is yeah. fucking her yeah and she does so good in that that role well cool this was fantastic uh i had so much fun i could talk about horror all day um but yeah i this was great thank you so much for coming on and chatting with us thank you guys for having me it was really fun and i uh hope we do it again sometime we have a good rapport yeah absolutely when things uh are are opened up again i would love to see in person hang out yeah we're in the same neck of the woods yeah time you guys want you know Thinking about the day when concerts get back. Oh my God, I I miss live music so much. I'm going insane. Concerts are one of my favorite things. I, again, like I'm not much of a musician myself, but I love, I love music so much and I love concerts and, oh man, I miss it. Really crazy. And I want you guys to see us live and I'll I'll get you guys passes, whatever. Absolutely. Please. I have heard countless times that you guys are yeah. amazing live. Every time I, I look you guys up, everyone's just like, yeah, you have to see them live. They're incredible. The energy and also just, yeah, I, I just your musicianship is wonderful so and good. your vocals are so impressive. I, I was re- going to, I was like, okay, can I, can I take metal scream lessons from you? I want to <laughs> learn how to scream so Absolutely. bad. You just have to be very angry when you do it. That's yes. Beautiful. And just this morning, I learned uh, cleans as a term in metal music, and people were really complimentary of it your cleans it. on this album. So yeah, the cleans. Yeah, just like singing clean. without growling oh, oh, or like okay. distortion or anything. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a pro term. Go oh. cleans. You got your gutturals. <laughs> yeah, especially like uh, on the uh, the it song. It is the end. Your vocals on that. I was just like. This is so good. I didn't know you could do that. Oh, man. Thank you so much, man. And, and I admire your guys' work. You guys are masters at your craft, and it's so fun watching and listening with the podcast and the videos. It's, it's, it's really awesome, and I'm glad we finally got to join forces. Yes. Oh, this is perfect. This yes. is one of many future collaborations, I'm sure. And yes. I can't wait for you guys. Can't really announce exactly what we're doing, but rest assured you're going to love what we have up our bloody sleeve, so to speak. Yes. The Psycho Remake tribute album. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> well, let us know. And yeah, we'll, yes, we'll help please. get the word out there. Thanks so much, guys. Yeah. Great to meet you. Yeah, yes. it was so nice meeting you. Big thanks. Huge thanks to Spencer for joining us. And uh, look up Ice Nine Kills. Check out The Silver Scream is the album that's all based around horror. But that's what, their fifth album or something? Like They've been making music for a while. So yeah. check that out. And uh, a lot of music videos that go along with it, too. And he's a he's a fine little actor in those. Yeah. Oh, this is great. I love talking about music. It just yeah. made me so I just I just want concerts. I know. I know. <sighs> so, yeah, check him and them out. And, uh, you know, check out Dead Meat on social media at Dead Meat James on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm at Carebeck, C-A-R-E-B-E-C-C on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, we don't uh, this store might be up when we release this episode. If it is, I'll have the link in the description and on the the screen. Yeah, we're filming out of order. Yes. But uh, yeah. Until Until next time, I'm James. (laughs) I'm Chelsea. And this has been the Dead Meat Podcast. (laughs) 